This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 319. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on this episode we continue our look at Dexter, New Blood, the brand new season from Showtime. This is the third episode in the series and we will be getting into a little bit of a review and uh, general musings after the first break. Before we get to that, as always, let's recap with where we are. A brand new week of podcasting coming your way, ladies and gents. Starting right here with an episode review of Dexter. Then on Thursday, it is Movie Club listener reviews time. So you have until Wednesday to get your reviews in to take part on that episode. And then we conclude the week on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday with an Arrow video assortment looking at one of the all-time greats in cinema. It is, of course... Robocop. On the Teapots Collective yesterday, we dropped a brand new episode of Doing the Nasty. It's out there for your pleasure. This coming Friday, we will be dropping a brand new season introduction to the fourth season of Chronicle, basically laying out what's going to happen with that series moving forward and how you, that's right, you can take part in the series. That's everything for the Teapots Collective. As for Jaws's Shite, well, we put an episode out on last Friday and you should go out and check it out. It was much fun reuniting with my brothers, The Baz and Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam vs Evil. First episode in three months and boy, it was entertaining and kind of messy. So yeah, go and check that one out as well. That's your intro down. Let's get into this, shall we? I'm going to take a very short break just now. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the kind of teaser trailer for the third episode of the brand new season, Dexter, The New Blood. I'll be right back to discuss it right after this. This is Michael Caine, award-winning film actor. You may know from such cinematic achievements as A Muppet's Christmas Carol and Jaws for The Revenge, where I played a character named after a fucking sandwich. I approve of the following promotional message. Do you like movies? Well, of course you do, you silly twit. You're listening to a movie podcast right now. Do you like podcasts about movies? I mean, if you're listening to this, you're life is empty and without direction. So of course you do. Why not continue the spiral downwards with They must be destroyed on sight! Yet another semi-regular podcast about film that will occupy some of that empty space in your soul. We cover every genre, but focus on a lot of obscure and cult films with a leaning towards exploitation. If you want a podcast that's going to talk about a silent film from the 1920s one week, 
Break, and a sleazy biker film from the 1960s the next, and then back to something like Singing in the Rain the next episode. They must be destroyed on sight. Maybe for you. So tune in and join regular hosts Lee Russell, Daniel Hopper, Paul Romali, and Lee Hardy, as well as the odd guest host at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you, Drive Through. I've got a search party all over my property looking for someone who's literally under their feet. Harrison scored higher than any student on the placement exam. Did you cheat? You accusing me of lying, Jim? People don't just disappear. What was I thinking? What I wanted you to think. Damn it! How do we find the son of a bitch that did this to my son? It's not just about you anymore. I know! Do you? And welcome back. So you've just heard a kind of teaser for Smoke Signals. This is the third episode of 10 Planned Episodes in Dexter New Blood. Now, we have in the last two Mondays covered a little bit of Dexter action. And yeah, you should totally check those out. And check the TV show out because I'm having a ball being back in the world of Dexter. This one, slightly different director this time from last one. This one is directed by Sanford Bookstever. And the series proper stars Michael C. Hall, Jack Alcott, Julia Jones, Johnny Sequoia, Alamo Miller, Clancy Brown, Jennifer Carpenter, uh, Jamie Chung, Frederick Lenny, Gregory Cruz, David Majidov, Christian Del Ederer, Pamela Matthews, Michael Cyril Creighton, Kathy Sullivan, Gazelle Jimenez, and some other folks are in here as well, including, uh, I don't know how much we're going to see of this character, Damien Church, but Aaron Adradi joined as well. The synopsis for this episode, Smoke Signals, is the investigation that Dexter has caused is making it difficult for him to make things right with Harrison, who has made a name for himself at school as a member of the wrestling team. So we're jumping back into this one after, like, basically we're jumping right back into this one. The events of the last movie, you found out that Clancy Brown, who made his appearance as the father of the missing kid that Dexter murdered um, is kind of pushing the police to continue their investigation we kind of join Dexter in the morning kind of dishevelled not enjoying the police presence and fully aware that there's a body, body buried under the fire pit that all the police and helpers are huddled round. So the big plan, the overarching plan in this episode is how do I dispose of this body? How do I get rid of this body. I'll say up front, smoke signals for all those that were maybe kind of feeling the, uh, like a second episode slump. I was reading online that some people didn't really enjoy the second episode. You're all fucking nuts because you can't, you have to have that decompression element after the murder in the first episode. You just have to. Um, episode three comes out fucking swinging. Like this has so many elements that I was very, very excited about. Um, as we're saying that we get introduced to a brand new character who does a true crime podcast who's there to investigate the goings on in this small town. I imagine this is going to spiral out into maybe potentially the missing people um, in and around this area that the, the big bad of this season has been killing off or 
potentially, does she know something about the Bay Harbour Butcher himself? Could she know a little something about Dexter himself? So that's kind of been set up there in the background. Harrison becomes a much more interesting character in this episode. Um, still very moody, but we start to get a bit more of the Dexter in him, which I really enjoyed. So at the start of this episode, Dexter has to take him to enrol in school. He's also found that he has to go for an interview at the police because he's one of the last people to see this missing kid that he murdered. So he's going to have to go in and do a little bit of investigative chatting with uh, Logan, who is one of the more competent members of the, the kind of force, the police force. Um, Clancy Brown is Kurt Caldwell, you know, the father of uh, the missing kid, is... You know, he's kind of prominent here. Now, the, the weird thing about this is there's been so much press about this TV show already that I just took it for granted that everyone knew that Clancy Brown was playing the big bad this season as a serial killer who has kind of Robert Hansen-esque tendencies. Um, but this show is still trying to pivot it that Edward Olsen, played by Frederick Lenny, could potentially be the killer. And... They don't really resolve that in this episode, and I'm hoping that they don't think that when they finally reveal Clancy Brown, everyone's going to be like, because <gasps> that ain't going to happen. We know it's Clancy Brown. We're just kind of pussyfooting around to get to that point. Uh, Dexter takes um, his son, Harrison, to the school to enroll him. It's very quickly found out that Harrison has a very, like, a dangerously high IQ, but... Like Dexter doesn't really know anything about his background. The kind of principal teacher is fairly judgmental about this. Um, but Harrison, and we can probably conflate a bit of this story in here, Harrison um, essentially sets a test to find out essentially what classroom he should be based in. And he aces it, like even answers the very difficult questions. And later on in the episode, Dexter's called back in because there is the assumption that Harrison may have cheated and Dexter doesn't really have his back, so Harrison's going to reset that test with a teacher present, and actually scores even higher, so he's like incredibly high IQ, um, which shouldn't surprise anyone, because Dexter is incredibly intelligent, so you know, the, the acorn has not fallen far from the tree there, so that kind of aspect's going on. Like I say, we're, we're still doing like investigative searches, in the woods for the missing kid that introduces our character um at this point of uh, molly parker played by jamie chung um molly parker is apparently a very popular podcaster and we only get a fleeting glimpse of her as a character in this one but i imagine she's going to be a bit more prominent as we move through the season this was a very quick introduction to her in general, I imagine, a bit of a thorn in the side moving forward. Let's kind of focus down on what's happening at the school. Uh, Harrison had obviously made friends with some jocks, well, I say made friends, had been, like, grouped together with some jocks um, in the second episode when they were doing the search, and they'd been raking through his school bag, and I don't think he liked it. And to be honest, I get the feeling that Harrison doesn't like bullies. Because when he's at school, he bumps into these jocks and it's shown that they are picking on this kid, Ethan, who's a bit geeky, draws anime, stuff like that. And they've created an online fake girlfriend persona to catfish him. Um, and at first, Harrison, it appears Harrison is maybe on board with this, but he very quickly befriends Ethan 
and explains the whole situation out. Um, there's a scene that we'll get to in a second, which once again doubles down that Harrison has a darkness about him that I find really fascinating. And I wonder how much we're going to work out about what he is trying to escape and what he may have done in the past. Um, but essentially, uh, Ethan later on texts back to these jocks that he knows it's them, sends a picture of one of them essentially fucking an animal, which causes this jock to run him down. And it looks like there's going to be a fight. <clears throat> and um, just as he's moving forward, out of nowhere, the old neck pinch that Dexter used to employ, his jiu-jitsu, like, that, you know, kind of essentially disarmed people. Harrison breaks this out of fucking nowhere, pins this guy up against this, uh, you know, up against these lockers and says, you know, if you go after him, we will do this every single day. And I own you, essentially. I, that, you know, I like you. You were the big bad in this school. I'm now the big bad in this school. Be afraid of me. Oh, and by the way, I'm now on the wrestling team. So, the jocks out there, you have something to be afraid of, and that is me. Um, at this point, uh, the kind of adopted daughter of the the local fuzz, uh, Dexter's better half, Angela, uh, Audrey, she shows up, and her and. Harrison spend a bit of time in a car and we'll circle back to that storyline in a wee second Dexter's essentially trying to in this episode for the most part work out, work out how to dispose of the body and get the people off his land and every step he has tried to make to kind of put people off the scent has ultimately ended up with more scrutiny on what it is he's done and this comes into effect with at first, the introduction of this brand new character, Damien Church. Damien is essentially a, a crime scene investigator, very similar to what Dexter would have done in the past for the local area. But unlike Dexter, who was meticulous and everything, this guy's a fucking klutz. Drops boxes, kind of goofy. So I think Dexter on some level thinks, you know what, I'm going to... This is fine, this guy's not going to pick up anything. Um, and decides that he wants to kind of tag along under the guise of I love true crime things in CSI. I'd love to see what you do, but it's obviously to keep tabs on him. Uh, Clancy Brown's character, Kurt, joins in because he wants to go because it's his son that's missing. Um, and they go to the crime scene where very, very, very quickly Damien Church proves to be very Dexter-esque in terms of how he pieces together what has happened in the crime scene. He notes that the blood in the the snow may have been covered up by the stag blood which Dexter kind of extanguinated um, when covering up the crime at the beginning of the second episode so he very quickly pieces together that oh this is there's human blood in here because it's coagulating differently so we're going to do a test yep this is human blood let's get this away for a test um, at this point uh, Clancy Brown's character has to give a DNA sample which I think is very important as to his motivation at the end of this episode and once again we'll swing around to that so Dexter's feeling the heat and on top of that it seems like sniffer dogs are going to be there the following day and of course they're going to go right back to Dexter's fire pit for sure so what you then have is like a montage that night 
of Dexter trying to dispose of the body. Um, he moves the body for a start away from the place that it was at. He gets the coat of the murdered kid, uh, goes back to the crime scene, kind of rubs it in the blood, then starts moving it all over the place, sort of distract the dogs for the interim anyway, the initial one, all these different directions, putting the scent everywhere to, to put them off the, the, the kind of scene. This takes him most of the night to do this, and he arrives back first thing in the morning, just as Harrison's getting ready to go to school. So Dexter's operating on zero sleep, has to take Harrison to school, which he duly does. And we get maybe my favourite scene in, in this episode. And it's once again of like the voice inside his head, this played this season uh, by uh, Jennifer Carpenter, um, kind of taking over the role of, of Harry Morgan as, you know, as the sister Deborah Morgan, the dead sister. And she's just like, what are we doing here? And like, like, like everything's falling apart and you need to dispose of this body and get rid of it. Um, we could maybe, and she starts rattling off all these different places you can take the body. And Dexter lets out just this little bit of information, this little nugget that he's looking for something sustainable, which Debs obviously jumps on of a, a sustainable as in you're thinking about doing more murders because that's not what we want. That's how we get attention on ourselves and that's how we get caught. And Dexter's like, no, 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 it's something sustainable as in the body parts will never be found. And he has this idea of maybe putting them in these caves which run quite far away from the, the kind of town proper, these abandoned mines. I could put the body there. But there's a scene where Debs is like, I've got a great idea how we get rid of the body and it's like a wood chipper. And she's just gleefully shoving body parts through this wood chipper as a tsunami of blood is sprayed against the car. Um, and even Dexter himself says it's a bit Fargo, which, I mean, that makes me smile because that just makes me smile. That's a film reference and a very fucking funny one. So, and it, once it, it, to me, it kind of shows that the show does still have that dark humour, which made it very popular and, you know, in its original run. So Dexter's going to take the body to this essentially this kind of this mine, abandoned mine but he has this interview with the cop the cop's done his homework, knows quite a lot about Dexter, even knows that Dexter likes to go running with a gun without a hunter's licence and Dexter tells him it's, he goes hiking and the gun's there for protection against animals presumably um, but answers all the cop's questions and the cop seems okay but I get the feeling that Logan ain't just going to let this drop, there'll be something that's going to make him swing back sometime down the line and Dexter's maybe being a tiny little bit complacent here. Uh, Dexter gets some time off work to go and get rid of the body, which he does by going up to these abandoned mines. He's got the body parts, gets them in there. It looks like he's finally found like a like a, a part of the cave he can drop them down this hole, the shaft. And then there's a big fucking bear in there which terrifies him and scares him. In the meantime, Addison and... Audrey are driving together and they're sharing a bit about their past. Audrey's always talking about how her mother abandoned her. I think we're going to find out, and I made this guess earlier on, that her mother was murdered by Clancy Brown. It's maybe one of the victims. And Angela is essentially looking after her, but is making her street smart and ready. Like, she fosters a lot of that kind of activism and spunk that she actually has as a character. As they're out driving about, um, the the car breaks down and they're in a, a, a poor area for signals. So she asks Harrison to go make a call to a kind of local mechanic. 
And while she's doing that, Edward Olsen appears. Now, Audrey in the past had protest his one of his meetings, his town meetings, because of the pollutants and all the rest. And we get a really kind of fraught conversation between these two. Once again, I think the show's try to pivot that maybe Olsen is the killer here. And he's clearly not. But we're, we're kind of pivoting that way as if, you know, Olsen's a killer and, you know, look at how evil he's been towards Audrey, who might be somewhere down the right line, one of the victims. So we have that scene. We also have a scene of them going to the butchers and to get stuff for dinner and at that point finding out that the white buck is still in the butcher's freezer and Audrey wants to essentially hand it back to the native people because um, it's kind of seen as a, a sacred animal and they start like a plan to do that. Uh, Dexter obviously chased at a cave by a bear um, gets a phone call from Angela who says listen do you want to come around for dinner and he's like I really need sleep and she's like oh well it's just you know what I've got um, Audrey and Harrison's coming around for dinner and of course Dexter's like fuck I need to be there so he goes there and he sees how Angela deals with Audrey and how she like her kind of rebellious side, how she kind of tempers it and on some level focuses it. And this makes him, on one level, kind of pine for this idea of the kind of nuclear family. Um, and this kind of leads to them getting the body of the deer and taking it back to the indigenous people who are essentially going to burn it in a, in a kind of ceremony. And at this point, Dexter says to Harrison, listen, I... 100% support you. I should have had your back at the school with the, the test exams. I am sorry I didn't do that, but I totally should have. That's my fault, and I'm going to try hard or harder to be there for you. And Harrison seems to take this on board, uh, which is, is like a nice scene between the two of them. He, call, he refers to him as dad, and uh, Dexter says the line, you know, dad, my, my new favourite word. Um... And it kind of looks like there's maybe some sort of reconciliation there. Um, Harrison's also speaking to this kid, Ethan, from the school, who basically has a book of drawings that he's made of him as a high school shooter, which I wonder if they're going to go down this road of Ethan's ultimately going to be bullied so far that he's going to do something like that. If they do, I find it a bit clumsy and on the nose. I kind of just like this idea of this is what bullying fosters at schools. This idea of of helplessness to the point where this kid actually has this escapist fantasy of taking guns into school and killing uh, those that bullied him. So, um, so we're going to part that because I don't know how important that's going to be moving forward. Ultimately, Dexter sees this funeral pyre and the burning of the stag and decides, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna burn the stag. Uh, you know, if they're burn sorry, if they're burning the stag, I'm gonna burn this body. So he manages to essentially get the body to this industrial factory with a huge furnace. Why this wasn't his plan to begin with is beyond me. Um, flings the body in there. It's gonna uh, you know disintegrate with the, the heat problem solved there. Meanwhile, our big bad is kind of setting up for the kill. So the girl that was kidnapped and trapped in the room that we saw in episodes one and two is kind of finally set free. And it's this elaborate thing of, you know, the killer plays a particular song. 
all the doors are automatically locked, he lets them out, she goes on the run, um, and as she's running out, he, in full kind of tactical hunter's gear, shoots her once in the back, then takes her body to what looks like a quasi-morgue to um, essentially dress the body. And that's the, the kind of last vestige, last scene we saw of the character of Lily who'd been, you know, essentially kidnapped by by the killer. So the killer's struck a victim in town um, and this appears to be his method. Um, we then kind of finish this episode with uh, Dexter kind of musing over how he's got away with murder and as he's driving along past the local bar he sees Clancy Brown's character Kurt Caldwell um, completely pissed uh, very very happy and Dexter goes to speak to him and Kurt says that he spoke to his son um, FaceTimed his son so his son's alive which we know that's not true Dexter knows that isn't true so he's like, yeah, I've spoken to him, he's fine, everything's great, you know, the police can stop their investigation, everything can move on, everything's right in the world, Every, you know, everything's peachy, um, and Dexter offers to give him a lift home, but we know, and Dexter knows, that this kid's dead, which means Kurt's lying, and if Kurt's lying, what's Kurt covering up? Um, and like I say, he's covering up the fact that he's a serial killer. So uh, we're going to obviously break into that. But this is now a kind of meeting of the minds of these two characters. Very reminiscent of Trinity Killer. Like very, very reminiscent. Like the, the practice, the execution, the fact that Dexter like is friends with him. And in some weird way, Dexter having done this murder is essentially going to allow him to find a more prolific serial killer. On the flip side, though, there is a kind of throwaway comment where Dexter himself says that the sloppiness in his life might not have been caused by the fact that he stopped killing, but rather because he isn't killing, his brain isn't focused the way it should be or would have been in the past. He's let his guard down and that's why he's become so sloppy. So once again, Dexter may be pining a little bit for, for more murder but yeah we're essentially on a collision course I imagine in the next episode to Dexter finding out that Kurt Caldwell is a killer of some notoriety I imagine we're also going to get some more information and these are all guesses that the Molly Parker character is going to start to break some sort of missing persons case in the area we're going to find out a little bit more about Audrey's mother who went missing Iris um, we're going to get, hopefully we're going to get a bit more about Harrison's background. How does he know this kind of self-defense stuff? He obviously has a darkness in him, but it seems to be used for the right things. So hopefully we get a bit more information there. There was just a ton of things happening in this episode. It kind of felt like laser focused. Um, once again, beautifully shot. Acting's great. Love the script. Um... And very excited to see where this one goes. You know, it takes place over the course of, what, two days? And, and we're, we're pushing this on. I imagine the like the, the, the kind of case into this miss, missing kid's going to go now that Kurt says he's spoken to his son. But Dexter knows a lot more. And the, the game, as they say, 
is afoot. In terms of grades for this one, this is a 4.5. I fucking loved this episode. And this is just as good as the opening episode for me. Um, and that second episode was a 4, but like I say, it's a decompression episode. So thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and let me know what you guys make of this. If anyone's watching it out there and you're listening to this episode, let me know. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast. I'm going to take my final break of this episode. When I come back, I'm closing it to the show and I'm doing it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been episode 319. Looking at the third episode, Smoke Signals was what it was called, of Dexter New Blood, uh, proving to be a very fucking great TV show right from the off three episodes in, and I'm loving it. Let me know, like I said before the break, if you're watching it, what you make of it, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast. There's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts on this day. So wherever you're listening to this right now, hit subscribe, that we get the shows as and when they drop, and access to the entire back catalogue of T-Putts content. Don't stop there, though. Subscribe to our sister feed, the Teapots Collective, for shows like Opera Omnia, Doing the Nasty, Chronicle, and Where to Begin With. Subscribing to both those feeds is the best way to support what I do under the stairs. Alternatively, you can go to our website, teaputscast.com. Links to all the shows are there, as well as a link to Jaws' Shite and other regrettable outbursts of Boozby's banter entertainment podcast featuring myself, the Baz and Scott Lane from Scott Lane vs Evil. We just returned from a three-month hiatus uh, and the grooves and booze were flowing. You can check out that show exclusively at tputzcast.com. If you're on Facebook and you want to interact with me, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast gets you the podcast under the stairs page. Facebook.com forward slash tputzcast gets you the Teaputz Collective. And for Jaws' shite, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash regrettable pod. If you don't like Facebook and you prefer Instagram and Twitter, as I've dubbed them the twin prongs of social media sexiness, you can interact with us over there at Cast. The podcast under the stairs will return to your feeds this coming Thursday with Movie Club listener review action. Make sure you get your reviews in for Wednesday, no later to take part in that episode. And until then, wherever you are, whatever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off.